Welcome to Story Chats at NSP Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry, and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. I'm Valerie Comer. And this is Cooney, who and is Cooney's not at all interested in books <laughs> no, today. She's ready to go. She's like, please let Aww. me go. Please, please let me go alone. You captured me, <laughs> and then you talked for a while before you started recording, and I'm over it. I have a nap. Yeah. It's nap time. <laughs> so, <nap>. yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, if you're a cat. <laughs> Today we are talking about our recent reads in CCR that we've read just for fun. So um, I'm excited about this. Norelle and I were talking, we probably have some overlaps, so that'll be fun too, because I always think it's fun when we can talk a little bit more about what we've been reading. So, um, but we're going to kick off with Valerie. Ah, because I don't. Because you have three and we just have two. <laughs> Probably no overlap. Although we didn't actually go into detail. We did not confirm. Yes. Did not confirm or deny. No, we did not. Um, but it's true. This is kind of like my Christmas episode because that's what I've been reading for the last few weeks. So you guys get to hear all about it. Well, not all about it because I've read more than three. However, we'll start with A Family's Christmas by Carolyn Arson. Um. Carolyn used to write for Love Inspired, so her stories still tend to have uh, some of those elements that I'm used to from a Love Inspired. In other words, teensy tiny bit more angst than I might hit in every uh, Christian <laughs> contemporary romance. Um, Sarah Westervelt could never please her father. And she left home like, I don't know, eight years ago, and he sends her a check every month that she tears up. And it, it just says, it, there's no letter, there's no nothing. So, but she always opens the envelope to look. And so now she gets a check and a note that asks her to come home. He wants to talk to her. And so she drops everything and goes home. So this is set in Canada. So she's been in Toronto and now she's coming back to uh, the family area near Edmonton, I believe. Um, they are to meet at the local bakery. She's there ahead of time. She's sitting there um, waiting. She sees him coming across the street. She's bracing herself. And then somebody else walks towards him and they exchange words. And she recognizes the back of the guy she used to date in high school that her dad hated and made her break up with. Just uh -oh. left town. And then her father slumps to the ground. He's had a stroke. Oh my goodness. And he's never, he mm. hasn't told her what he wanted to talk to her about. So now he can't talk to her and he spends weeks in the hospital trying to regain the ability to say anything at all. And meanwhile, um, she's keeps running back into Logan who their father's had this spat years ago and now his father has passed away and he has finally figured out how to get even with her father and now Sarah's back in town and he realizes that he can't do what he wanted to do because he doesn't actually want to anymore but it's it's all very confused and conflicting but there is a lot of there is a lot of Christmas feels in it as well right down to the sleigh ride in the snow oh. and um, if you enjoy either Canadian set stories or ones with a little bit more drama like that you would you can't really go wrong with a Carolyn Arson book. Yeah, I will, um, as a non-angsty reader, <laughs> I will say I keep trying to read Carolyn's books because they're good, 
but are they make me chew my fingernails constantly. They right. are, and it's they not, are all so high angst. So right. it's not suspense. Yeah. No, it's, it's not the just, whodunit type of thing. It's just there's there's a drama. lot of backstory. Always yeah. a lot of backstory. Yeah. Sounds good, but it probably is too much for me. But I'm gonna put <laughs> it on my list for if life has enough. <laughs> if life comes down. Me. <laughs> One yeah. of the first love inspired books I ever read was a Carolyn Arson book. Oh yeah. 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 Years and, and years and years ago. Last and century. I love <laughs> when she writes in Canada. I love her Canadian set books mm. because I like being able think, to travel, you know. Um, I think all her newer ones, her in indie ones since she left writing for Love Inspired, I think they're all set in Alberta. Nice. So yeah, it's kind of Ooh. fun from this Canadian. Mm. To see <laughs> yes. That. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so my first one is um, part, it's in a box set right now called uh, Destination Christmas, I think is the name of the box mm -hmm. set. Um, I, didn't, I didn't write the box set down. I just wrote the, the story down. Um, that is the one. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, Kiss Me on Christmas by Sarah, Sarah Monzen. Um, and it is the first novella in the box set. And uh, it is a single mom with a little boy who has been diagnosed with ADHD and autism. Uh, and he is a precocious, um, he's on the, the genius end of autism as opposed to sometimes, sometimes they're not on the genius end of things, um, but he is on the genius end of autism plus the ADHD. And it really is a lovely picture of life with a neurodiverse little boy. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I have one of those. <laughs> and so, um, he's not, he's not as far over on the genius end of things. He's not like on the not genius end of things, but he's not like, he's not Sheldon Cooper. Um, this boy trended in the Sheldon Cooper from big bang theory end of things. Um, but it, it, um, I really, really loved it. The love story was just perfect because um, this boy, as ADHD kids often do, was just hyper-focused and obsessed with this particular YouTuber who does science experiments on YouTube. And um, the hyper-focus is a thing that cannot be described, but Sarah does a very good job with it. Um, and so they are going home for Christmas, which she's already nervous about um, because her husband effectively left her because their kid is neurodiverse. Um, and so her family also judges her a lot because of this little boy's neurodiversity. Uh, and they bump into this YouTuber on the airplane and he happens to be going in the same place. And then he ends up sitting near them. And so the boy is like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's like a dream come true. And, uh, also with ADHD, he is yammering 9,000 miles a minute to this guy. And the guy just is cool with it. He's just calm. He's collected. He's not bothered by it. He just rolls with it. Um, and she's like falling over herself, trying to find the balance between like squashing her kid, which she doesn't want to do. And like sparing this absolute stranger <laughs> from the yeah. enthusiasm of her child. Um, and it's just, it's just lovely. Um, everything about it is just lovely. Love everything about it. I have this box set on my Kindle, but I have not yet got to it. Yeah, this is, this, up. it is just 
a delight. And um, if you have, it was really fun for me. Fun's the wrong word, but um, I don't know a better word. Anyway, because like moms of neurodiverse kids, I don't, they don't talk about, or at least in my world, they don't talk about how heavy the weight of other people's judgment sits on them um, because it really does. And Mm -hmm. you feel it constantly when you're making choices that you have to make. There's a scene where she gives her little boy her phone during church. So because he's getting antsy and getting ready to just melt down and she knows that the phone, the game on the phone will distract him enough that he'll be able, they'll be able to sit through church without it being an issue. And like, this is my life, right? And you try, you want your kid to learn to sit in church. You want him to listen and pay attention, but you also have to balance the disapproving stares from others with like, he can play on the phone or he can be on the floor kicking and screaming because he's not able to move around. So, you know, you got to pick and just the judgment, um, whether it's there or not, you feel it. Um, and, And it's really well portrayed. Um, and it's even from, from her family and it often is in your family because other family members don't necessarily understand all the facets of what you're going through, trying to balance all of the things you have to balance when you're dealing with a neurodiverse child. I just loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, of course, this is all Elizabeth's fault because she said, <laughs> you need to go and read Kiss Me on Christmas by Sarah Monson <laughs> because I think you'll really enjoy it. So what did I do? A good little Norelle, I went and read it and I loved it as well. So this one also is near the top of my list. Oh, and you were um, that obedient. Yeah. <laughs> actually, and it was the first book in, oh, I was very proud of myself. I actually started a book one in a set. So that's pretty exciting <laughs> for me as well. I didn't oh, stay sorry. with the order, but I did start with book one. Excellent. But Liam was just adorable and he also had anxiety. And so, mm-hmm. of course, I also have a young adult now who is on the ASD spectrum and anxiety is just crippling. And so when she finds out that her sister's getting married, in two weeks on Christmas day and her son has all these specific traditions that must happen on Christmas. So it's like from the moment he wakes up to the moment he goes to bed, there is a series of routines that must happen. They live in Southern California and this week, and then they're in the mountains in a white Christmas in Colorado. Like if it's sort of like the worst parent nightmare is what this this setup is so if you have a neurodiverse child, you'll be there and absolutely understand her panic at the thought of, how am I going to cope with my child who's so rigid with the routines and it's so hard to to get being flexible sort of brought into their world to actually go to Colorado and to a wedding on Christmas Day because weddings and Christmas Day usually don't go together either. So the setup was just um, amazing. And then as I I actually wrote um, a book recommendation for this one, It Needs to Be Romance in December, if you want to go back and have a look at the blog. And I I sort of sat there and I thought, if only I knew the secret source was for (laughs) my son's favourite YouTube star to be ahead in the line on a plane and that all the anxiety of flying and all this kind of stuff just disappears when he sees his favorite YouTube star so I just thought it was beautiful and he was just such an amazing hero he was just so um so he just I mean I suppose he's 
on YouTube doing funny science experiments. So he really has a, quite a low care factor for what other people think. And he just wasn't paying attention to any unusual stares or weird looks or whatever, because as a parent, you totally get judged. People judge you. You're the bad parent because your child's not doing blah, blah, blah. Not conforming. And yeah, not doing what society expects because this is what a boy of this age should be doing. They shouldn't be um, having to be what on a phone in church and all this kind of stuff. And I've also had the judgment from family members. There's a family member I don't talk to who blamed us for being bad parents for why our son is the way he is. And so this kind of stuff, I think, is real and it's hard. And I'm really glad Sarah wrote this book because I think it'll be very encouraging for parents who are on the ground struggling with the day-to-day life with this amazing, beautiful child who just doesn't conform to what society expects but has so many gifts and talents that, I mean, if we didn't have people on the autism spectrum, we would not live with technology in the world we're in now. I mean, that's the truth. And it's just not appreciated by people. So I absolutely love this one as well. And um, I love the way the romance um, sort of came about and developed in the story as well yeah yeah with yeah. the with the youtuber I take it yes yes sorry. yes <laughs> yes yeah, so, coming yes, soon no, Beckett Walsh was the hero <laughs> definitely he was the hero when you had to get on the plane and how lucky was that that you have planes where you don't have allocated seating oh, that's yeah. not normal in Australia so that was a nice little surprise that he could drag him into whatever seat you want yeah. and then he happens to be friends of her soon-to-be brother-in-law so that's how it all connects into the story and he helps out with um, Beckett while she's trying to help assist and plan the wedding sort of where we're heading with it but it was a real super cute super fun and Beck I just Beckett was an amazing hero and Liam was just adorable yep yeah Sarah. beautiful little boy yeah yep. 10 years old yep Valerie what's your next one okay my second one I just finished a couple days ago it's called Promise of Love by Tammy Deeran um I'm not really sure what I expected from this story okay I must have expected to like it or I wouldn't have got it. Um, but it still wasn't what I expected. I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Tammy, if you're listening, I I cannot speak out exactly how that all worked. Um, but to start with a heroine named Noelle Holiday. And right oh away, my. honestly, my eyes roll a little, right? I'm like, overdone, overdone. Mm-hmm. She hates her name, of course she does. She hates Christmas, of course she does. To her, it seems cursed. All the terrible things in her life have happened at Christmas, including her birthday. Of course, her birthday's at Christmas, <laughs> right? So to there, it's that far in, you're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, she's also annoyed with her father who runs a big company uh, and who keeps trying to set her up with men that work for him. And she's just like, dad I'm over it stop it stop it stop it but it's it's actually more animosity than that she goes to a party at her sister's house her sister's husband works for their father and oh lo and behold if all these eligible young men um don't also work for her father and her sister is like helping him set her up so she's furious with her sister but there's these two guys two guys it's not really a love triangle but you might kind of think it is um and um one of them is kind of and they're brothers they're brothers one of them is kind of dangerous and she kind of likes that the other one is a bit more of a stick in the mud but she kind of likes that too and um 
she uh, she buries himself, herself in her volunteer work. She's a dental hygienist, but that's not a big part of the story. But she is a volunteer at the animal shelter. And they talk her into taking home this golden retriever that has been brought in. It was in an accident and there's no uh, contact ID. Just the dog's name is Abby. Um, that's on the tag, but nothing else. And so she takes this in and she begins to hope she can keep this dog since her love life is on the rocks again. Uh, but then she begins to figure out from what James and David have said that this must be David's dog that went missing shortly after he moved to wherever it is they live. I can't remember, sorry, Colorado, I think. I wanna say Colorado. Um, so she figures out how to get the dog back to him without him ever finding out that it was her who had the dog. And she's cursed again, right? Now she's lost two guys and a dog and it's Christmas. Um, so it isn't your typical Christmas romance. It's all from her point of view. But the message of hope in Jesus is like absolutely woven throughout that. It's, it's a very casual story. It's got its funny moments. It's this and that. And yet the inspirational aspect of it is absolutely solid throughout. I mean, there's times you want to take this girl and whack her one upside the head I'll, I'll be honest but um <laughs> but the the faith element and and I could just by the end I could kind of get where she was coming from and I really enjoyed it so if you want something that's a little off the wall a Christmas story promise of love by Tammy Deeran mm, sounds cute. fun that's has its moments for sure and that that dog <laughs> the dog is oh dog steals the show yeah. So did the did the dog find a good place in the end of the story without giving anything away? The best. Excellent. Good. <laughs> make sure the animals are looked after. That's, right. That's what matters. That's right. My next is actually uh, romantic suspense. I know, I know. I do this, but that's okay. <laughs> I've noticed. It is uh, Hostile Intent by Tara Grace Erickson. Ah. It is the second in her black tower security uh series and i liked the first one but this one is just phenomenal um so so good and again this is not thriller it's definitely romantic suspense heavy on the romance because tara like she's a she also writes romance and so the romance is very important to her and to the story you can tell like sometimes when thriller writers cross over and write romantic suspense, it's more thriller and oh yeah, they fall in love. Uh, whereas this is much more a romance where there happens to be some suspenseful things going on. Um, although I would say if you like romantic suspense, you won't feel cheated here. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's not like Valerie could sleep after reading this. <laughs> Valerie would not be scared. <laughs> um and it just everything. It had um, good chemistry between the hero and heroine. It had a believable and enjoyable suspense reasons. Uh, it had solid faith. I'm really just enjoying the Black Tower Gang. And I love the fact that, um, that it ties back to the Blooms because the oldest the last Bloom sister, right. Dandelion, Dandelion uh, and yeah. her husband um, are who started this security agency. And so you do get these 
even if like you don't see them on the page, um, in this case, you see that Harrison, who is Poppy's husband, um, right. is the vice president at this, you know, so we knew that he was, he had been asked to be the running mate for the woman who was running for president. And now yeah. we see that he is in fact the vice president. And so that's kind of fun. The little ties oh. back to the blooms. Right. And cool. in the initial series too, he, uh, he was part of the reason, right. That they needed security yes. at all because yeah. of his political aspirations. Yeah. So um, it's, it's really, really good. And just like, I enjoyed the first one, like I said, um, this one just feels like she found all of the things that she needed to make just a fantastic romance. That's really stunt. good. good to really, hear. really good. Could you jump in with this one and not read the first, or is it better? Absolutely. To read it? Yes, you absolutely. Know. It stands. Well, I can, but not everyone else <laughs> can do it. I do. No, I would say, um, I would say that it it absolutely stands alone, um, because yeah. each. Each book so far has been like a different mission for a different person on the security team. Mm -hmm. So while, um, you know, like any romance series, there's a couple that's together and you don't necessarily know how they ended up together. Um, it's it's not. The, the plot is its own. It's its own yep. little. Suspense plot. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep. You well. Oh, well, what's my second one? My second one, we're staying with the Destination Christmas collection and I'm going to talk about Not Another Christmas by J.C. Weaver. And this one was super cute and it's was it was a mixture. It was kind of, it wasn't all present day. We would go back to when they were 13 and then work through some stuff from that high school age and then jump forward into what's happening in the present day. And I really liked that mix because it was really fun to see how the backstory of the relationship between the main characters impacted what was happening in the present day without it being like an information dump, if that makes sense. So I liked how JC structured it. So Cindy is the heroine. She grew up in New Mexico and her parents are crazy Christmas people. So they decorate the house and the yard, not just in December, they do it in July as well. So they... Um, <laughs> As Nick the hero calls them, they're, they're weirdo freaky Christmas people. So um, she's got to do, she's got two older sisters and this story actually fits into a collection with her sisters. If you've read any of the others. Uh, I was going to say sound. this is sounding vaguely familiar. Familiar? Yes. I've read one of so, the other sister stories then probably. Yes, you would have probably okay. read the other sister right. stories. Cool. Yes, yeah, so this is the third one in that collection. Okay. I, I haven't read the other two, but I worked out that the other sisters must have had stories just from different <laughs> tidbits I picked up on. But that's fine because I can jump in anywhere in a series, so it's all good. So <laughs> Nick is the hero, and when he's 13, um, he's he's lost his mum. She was very ill, and so she they lost her to a long-term illness. And then his older brother was in an accident and um, they lost him suddenly and his dad basically just shut down and just worked and couldn't live in Florida anymore, dragged um, Nick away from his mother's family who he was very close to and dragged him over to New Mexico. So he's this kid that's from Florida who's been dragged to New Mexico and, um, just, and he's bored because the house hasn't been unpacked. This is all happening when he's 13. And so he's like, well, I better go to the park and see if there's anyone I can hang out with. And he sees this girl at the park and he's like, oh, she seems nice. And so he, 
He meets a couple of the guys there, starts making friends. Is this going to be his new friend group, effectively? And follows her home, and then they're heading towards his house. And he says, "Oh, look at the weirdos that live in this house. Can you believe people in July? Blah blah blah." And she's like, "Well, actually, that's my house, and that's my parents." So we immediately start with enemies to love. So she's immediately greatly offended at the age of thirteen that he's insulted her family and her parents, and so. During high school, they were basically playing pranks on each other, hated each other, the whole sort of teenage angst, probably too much angst for Bear, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's got more all that angsty fun stuff It's that I like escaping into. So I was right there. So that was what was happening in the, in the, in the sort of early childhood stuff. Then we moved to present day and um, Cindy's now working as a concierge at a family run hotel on the beach in Florida. So that was her dream was to, get away from her family and she's really grown up with a lot of baggage from this whole Christmas thing yeah so she's like I'll distance myself from my family over in New Mexico doing this that and the other and then of course Nick's family owns this hotel but she doesn't know that and she calls herself D now so he doesn't doesn't join the dots on her name and so there's a new hotel manager coming and Dee or Cindy thinks that it should be her job because she's been there and done all this good stuff, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, Nick turns up. So it was just super oh, cute and super fun and there were still some pranks <laughs> that came up and they're trying to, like, they, they hated each other years ago but obviously the attraction's there. And it was just, if you like that sort of enemies to love to friends to love type stories with lots of funny stuff and jokes going on, then it was really fun. And I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to bump this up in my TBR. Yes. I'll, be reading, I'll be reading Christmas stories into February at this rate. Yes. I was well, you'll meet to... the sisters as well. You'll see the older sisters again. You'll go back to a setting in New Mexico, the Christmas setting, okay. the town. Yeah. Okay. I was cool. trying to find what the other two were. Um, it's she says it's her Sinclair sisters series, but I don't see the name of those on um, her website. I that's went to where her website I am. I was it. looking. So, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, um, you find it, you remember. can stick it in the show notes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, she has that I enjoyed it together. Okay. Did so this here they are. Or no? Yes. Go ahead. I but first I'm going to say the other two are this and every Christmas and now and forever Christmas and then not another Christmas. Yes. I found them. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yes. Last one, Valerie. Okay. A Candle in the Window by uh, Kimberly Ray Jordan. Um, she released a, a trilogy last year called mm-hmm. We Three Kings with Three Siblings yeah. and the Christmas Stories. So she did it again this year. Uh, three siblings had a tragic childhood, although they had money. Yeah. Didn't remove the tragedy. Um, Jocelyn has had the old family home completely redone, like down to new um, room layout. Like they've oh, demolished wow. they walls gutted and gutted it um, and because, because of the family tragedy. And now she has moved in with her young son and her aunt who came to care for the siblings when they lost both their parents when they were children. So her son's best friend's mom is her best friend. <laughs> and this woman... <laughs> Rebecca, um, her live-in boyfriend, the father of her little boy, just left. So her brother comes to stay with them for a while to help them through this transition. And he 
he's in need of a transition of his own. His name is Darius. Um, he and his sister were raised in very authoritarian um, Christian home and church where the rules are this and you tow them or you're obviously not a Christian. Yeah. So he's kind of walked completely away from that, whereas Jocelyn has um, probably just as much reason to hate Christianity and Christmas as he did, um, but has chosen instead to move forward and forgive. Anyways, he's bored, he's talented. Jocelyn needs someone to repaint the church's Christmas backdrops because she has volunteered to lead the children's program. Of course she has. Uh, it's a Christmas novel. <laughs> These things happen. Yep. Um, so there is a lot of Christmas charm from decorating a tree to the boys, the little boys having sleepovers with their matching pajamas, snowstorms, decorated cookies, the church's nativity play, and all that good stuff. As Darius comes around to remembering his childhood faith and believing that Jesus is real and involved in his life and cares about him, and maybe his parents did not in fact have all the answers so um yeah there's um two more in that series as well and i've started reading book two but i guess i'm gonna have to take a break after that and read this mm -hmm. box set yes I, these are these are on my list um i just haven't gotten to them yet but yeah i always like i i liked the three kings last christmas and i'm looking yeah. forward to reading these even and the, in these series, at Christmas time. he seems to be pulling on the, the the wealth aspect for one side and then kind of like poverty on the other side and pulling these characters yeah. together. So. Well, and then these are set in the same town, I believe, as her new series, which I yes. read Gareth. Um, the first I haven't book in started that reading that. I really have them good. on my Kindle, but life, so, right? Yeah. 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 Every time I read one, I add two more. So right. <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> Sometimes it just yes. slides down the list. Yeah. Um, it becomes two thousand. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, we would love to hear what you have been reading lately. Uh, you can tell us in the comments on our YouTube channel or on our Facebook page, whichever makes you happy. If you are over on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. You can find information about the podcast at Story Chat. Inspiromance.com slash story chats. And we will look forward to seeing you again next week. In the meantime, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Good night. Bye. Goodbye, everyone.